0: Happy New Year. You are officially listening to the first podcast of 2016 for the Mighty Sports Minute. Welcome to another edition of the Mighty Sports Minute I am your host, Talent T. Taylor It is January 9th It's in the middle of the afternoon, it's a Saturday It's already in in the mid to high 80s here in South Florida But you know what I say, regardless of the time, regardless of the weather It's always a good time to talk some sports So let's start talking Man, do we have some stuff to talk about? It. As like I said, Happy New Year! Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. I know it's, it's a little behind schedule, but you know, but you know, we have to change pace a little bit. You know, change is good for everybody. As he said, with basketball, with us doing a transition from football to basketball season, y- yes, your, your regularly scheduled program isn't going to be on this regularly schedule that you're used to. So expect a couple of more Saturday shows. Expect some mini mighty morsels coming on Tuesdays but let's let's, let's just just get right into it like number one thing I want to do before we start you know we're gonna pay homage and respect to one of the greats Charles Woodson as he officially plays what is his last well, he has officially played his last game of his career And it's really funny. For a guy that's a a defensive lover, you know, and, you know, fans of guys like Deion Sanders and, you know, guys currently like Richard Sherman, you know, and to have the guy, a guy like Darrell Rivas on my team, I'm going to have to say that Charles Woodson went. And, and, and trust me, well, I'm saying all this from a place of respect. But he kind of went unnoticeable. Like, to me, it was, it was a very unnoticeable career. Like, it wasn't flashy. It wasn't flamboyant. It was just efficient. And, and, and that's what I be, And So when I say unnoticeable, like, you didn't notice him until he did something on the field. That was amazing. And then you heard the name Charles Woodson, Charles Woodson, Charles Woodson, Charles Woodson. It was never no. It was never a backstory. There was never some 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 sideline shenanigans. It was just Charles Woodson making another great play. Charles Woodson making another great play. Charles Woodson sh- shutting down a receiver. Charles Woodson taking one to the house. And after that, it was no news about Charles Woodson. And then you just have to kind of remind yourself every once in a while that like, you know what Charles Woodson is still playing. Like how many times over the last, honestly, <laughs> over the last probably seven years, have you had to remind yourself? Oh wow, that's right. Charles Woodson's is still in the league. Like I said, not disrespectful. Just that he just goes about his business to be one of the greatest of in his position. He goes about his business so quietly that it's almost unnoticeable. But we see you, and yeah, we have to applaud your career because you deserve it. Charles Woodson, everybody, retiring, cornerback, Oakland. But talking about long-time standings with a team and no longer having it, is Coughlin's firing? Is that going to mean that the Giants culture is now going to be in the coffin? Like, like I, I ask you. Listen, things have started getting out of hand, <laughs> JPP, <laughs> lately with the Giants. And you've had some people that have done some things that... You can call some bonehead mistakes And we're still going to watch out for ODB Or ODP Old Dirty Player To see if he if he decides to go on the straight and narrow But What's going to go on in, in, in New York for the, for the Giants at least Because If like, You you can't bring in a weak, a weak coach And when I mean a weak coach You definitely can't bring in a weak-minded coach like, Put it this way We're not getting chip I shouldn't say weak And I said, said weak Because cause I'm talking about New York Right? Any time I talk about New York, I go in this we mentality. But you're not just going to get any old person in there. No. You're going to have to get a coach that the players will listen to. A coach that can handle the bright lights of New York. A coach that can handle the personalities of the players that he currently has. And a coach that's ready to win now. Because we all know that's what New York wants to do. New York wants to win now. New York is impatient. We saw that even after two championships, every single year that they didn't win one, you kept on wondering, should Coughlin be fired? Should Coughlin be fired? Should Coughlin be fired? Well, guess what, Giants fans? Coughlin is finally fired. Let's see what your next coach does. Let's see who your next coach is. And let's see how long it takes for you to be begging to have Coughlin back. Like, you know what? Well, I'm not rooting for you guys to do bad. Let me let me let me not let me not get that make that seem like that's what's coming across here. I, I hope that you don't complain and say, oh, we wish we had we wish we had Coughlin because you do need something to try to start gearing this this offense into the new style of NFL that has taken over this whole entire league. I mean, it's time for them to morph. It's time for them to transform. It's time for them to move on. Talking about transforming and moving on. I find it interesting that our boy, just one of the greatest wide receivers in the league, Megatron is looking for a new home. And you have to think, like this opens up all kinds of possibilities because not for nothing. Like I I think just in the division, you you can go to Green Bay and him and Aaron Rodgers I, I I would assume that him and Aaron Rodgers would be the equivalent to Tom Brady getting Randy Moss it would ha- like that's what i picture especially with Jordan Nelson coming back and 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 anybody else that they decide to have as receivers because you know that they just that Aaron Rodgers can just fling the ball like my blood clock blah flinger <laughs> Ball flinger, yeah, my, my, my flinger the ball. <laughs> All right, so man, so you know, even think about this: him going to the Giants, teaming up with Odell Beck and Eli Manning. Him going to the Jets, teaming up with Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. You you, you understand that <laughs> if he honestly becomes a free agent, he will be one of the most sought after. Free agents. Not just I'm not not, not even gonna just put it to his position. One of the most sought-after free agents in NFL history, Megatron. Oh man, it's gonna be interesting to see where Megatron goes. But these games took a toll on me this week. And I and and you really and you wonder fast. And, and you know what, I can mean, say that, I, I can't say anything too, really took a toll on me, like the Patriots stumbled, like that I didn't quite see happening, like the Patriots losing that last game to Miami, like, like even as a division game I didn't see that coming, but the Jets losing to Buffalo, not surprised, see, told you, ha, <laughs> told you last week, or two weeks ago, I don't know how long ago I said it. I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets lost this game and didn't make the playoffs, and I wouldn't be upset if the Jets lost this game and didn't make the playoffs. This Jets team has this particular Jets team that we're looking at that can be that can be added, that can be added to more than it can be subtracted from. I mean, you because you can't get rid of Darrell Revis, right? And I know you don't want to get rid of Cromadi, but you may you may look at him as a commodity, you know. You don't want to get rid of Eric Decker. You don't want to get rid of Brandon Marshall. You don't want to get rid of... See, and you don't want to even get rid of anybody in the running game unless you upgrade it. See, so... they Right now, this Jets team has a core. for. Listen, this core may only last three years. Right? And that's including this year. So we're talking about two more years going on. You understand? But you have a core. A core that could be added to... And built upon right and even and even even made better and up, even upgraded in certain positions so I'm not upset too much that the Jets didn't make the playoffs I'm right, because I'm hoping that this motivation or this loss once again as I said before that this loss acts as motivation for that core group of players to come back and realize that you can't lose these games against Buffalo. You can't lose those games against Houston when you're rolling. You understand? You can't lose against... Yes, you beat a lot of teams that you should have beat, but you also lost to a lot of teams that you shouldn't have lost to. And you, and, and hopefully they realize that you can't drop and go 10-6. and No, 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 no. no. You still got Tom Brady and Bill Belichick up there in New England. Yes, I say up there because they are not also upstate and up in the rankings. You still have them to chase and you still have them to beat. And until you can get past them, then yeah, games losing games that you shouldn't lose should not be acceptable. Listen, they can afford to lose to Miami. They've already clinched the buy in the playoffs. You understand? They already clinched the playoff. They, they they've already solidified their spot for where they need and want to be. Granted, it's not, everything's not going to go through them, but they also figure if they have to go play Denver because it comes down between the 1 and 2, then they could run through Denver. Listen, they're not stupid in there. And... It's <laughs> so, yeah, I'm interested to see... Like, this makes this off season very interesting for me from the Jets. I want to see what they do in free agency, who they re-sign, who they sign. I want to see how they add for the... I want to see who they add to the play, you know, from the from the draft like there there's 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 so much room for growth with this particular team because they finally do have a core in almost every single position a number one wide receiver you understand center defensive end cornerback tight well, tight end and and we still need help at the tight end position see like we still got jason maru or we still could get just get a flat out better tight end we can add, we can still add a pass rusher we can still add a better cornerback we can still possibly upgrade at quarterback but to be honest with you unless you can obviously upgrade at quarterback flat out upgrade i'm not getting rid of ryan fitzpatrick like listen let him find some motivation and come in here and try to and, and win some games knowing that now listen that your first year was kind of like was kind of a pass was like an all oh, shucks kind of thing you 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 had you you got a job that that, that kind of you that you won situationally, but you can still do better and prove that you're the guy. Cause listen, man, when he's rolling and he's winning, man, you see it in him. You see it in, you see it oozing out of his body, the machismo. You understand like the, the the bearded magic one that he is. When it's not like it's 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 horrible, and he can't. He's not the guy that's gonna win the games. Tossing the ball around, which I think that everybody in the NFL has learned. Like, right? but when that running game is on point, and he has a and he has a lead, he's damn near unstoppable. And and he's come back a lot of games, Like people said, like, oh, Fitzpatrick did what Fitzpatrick does, but Fitzpatrick did what Fitzpatrick doesn't do, and he won a lot of games on comeback drives. So I don't want to hit a knock on him this year. Like that's not that's not where I want to hit the knock on. The knock as a team, it was on the team as a whole not showing up for games that they should have showed up for not starting out as strong as they should have showed up for if you want to ask me for about an individual awards, like our individual grades for the jets a, a lot of people are going to get a lot of b's and a lot of a's for me because they really outdid themselves you understand they were above average they played really great game it's just that the jets as a team this season as much as they upgraded they didn't come out as well as they should have and as well as that, because when they've played well, you've seen who they who, who they are. They are a formidable team. More well, for the formidable. Like I said they're ten and six, and not making that playoff. Oh, sorry, nine and seven. I apologize. Keep forgetting they lost that last game. So, Jets, man, you'll you they'll come back next year, and we'll see exactly what that means for them. But so that means just now. What we actually get to do is that now we just we just have the playoffs because the thing the Jets miss is, is, is what everybody has been chasing for you know or at least chasing to get to I said New England and Denver they've already locked up the number one or two spots and they have the bye week in case you just don't know where things are at right now and by the time this actually comes out to you and the world I'm pretty sure the wild card game should be going on for Saturday so we have Kansas City Houston right we have Pittsburgh Cincinnati and that's the AFC Wild card games, and we have Green Bay, Washington, Seattle, and Minnesota. And this is where things get just a little bit interesting to me. Like, I'm not, i can't take anything away from what Kansas City is doing, and Kansas City, I think, is going to continue to roll. And now it depends on who Kansas City plays because New England gets the higher seed of the Wild card. Right, So whoever the better team is Is who they get So let's say Pittsburgh happens to take out Cincinnati if you know the, the same Cincinnati that is known For not playing well When the lights come on Pittsburgh can't play them I mean can't beat them And go on to take on Denver Like I said I believe Kansas City is going to roll right past Houston They're on a the 10 game winning streak I don't see them slowing down I'm not going to bet against that but Pittsburgh has enough injuries to make me wonder if they can overcome it in this wildcard game against Cincinnati, a divisional game, which is always tough. Division rivals. So if Cincinnati wins, then they go on to play Denver. And Kansas City goes on to play New England instead of Kansas City playing Denver. And I just think that Kansas City... Let's just put it this way. I think let's let's put it this way. I I honestly believe that Cincinnati's gonna take care of their business. I think since, I think Pittsburgh may just have one too many injuries, and I don't even want to go against. And just trust me, and I say, in this particular case, I really do not want to go against Pittsburgh because I do not trust Cincinnati. It's just that since it's just that Pittsburgh has way too many injuries for me to ignore, and if Cincinnati is gonna be playing all of their starters and, and and the guys that 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 took them here and drove them here and, and got them to the show. Then I see them getting getting this one to move on finally. Now the bad thing about that is that when they play New England, Cincinnati is gonna lose there. Just like that's like if they play Denver, they were gonna lose that. So um, well, since the only one who could have played was is New England, based off my scenario. Then now we have Kansas City. Like I said. I don't see Pittsburgh winning so I don't see Kansas City going through Denver. So that means that I mean, I mean I do have Kansas City going through Denver, what am I saying? I didn't see them like and I have them All right, I have Kansas City oddly. And I and I'm going to change and this may have to get changed as time goes on. I think Kansas City can make it to the finals. Can make it to the Super Bowl. I think Andy Reid finally gets his. I see them going through Cincinnati when they play. You know, I mean, I see them going through Houston, and then I see them going through Denver, as we don't know what Peyton is going to be yet. and with this being Peyton Manning's first game back, and I think Kansas City just clicking just a little bit more, you know, maintaining that momentum, you catch Peyton Manning, at the right time, and there you have it. Kansas City is, is facing New England. And New England has enough injuries to me for them to get past Cincinnati. Because Cincinnati just isn't going to know what to do with themselves at this point in time. And see, while I think that Cincinnati is going to have enough to beat their division rival. To come through when the lights are on. I don't think they're going to have enough to go against... To to beat New England when the lights are on. And so we get a matchup of New England versus Kansas City. in the AFC Championship game in Kansas City moving on. Now. The NFC is completely a different story for me. Because I have have almost no clue where, where I wanted to go with this one. And because of that. I... pick i i i figured that i'll do that pick here you know live on the show because i have i have no clue what i want. what i was going to get out of out of this nfc because there's so many different things variables to consider we have green bay versus washington and seattle versus minnesota and as much as i want to see now let me just start this off as much as i i i do like seattle i i do i i enjoy watching them play Something about, something about that, that that group of guys, they just, they just play an enjoyable brand of football to me. You know, from the quarterback to the cornerbacks, to the talking, to the running backs. You know, they, 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 have, they play exciting ball. But I kind of want to see Minnesota ride this out for as far as they can. Unfortunately, I don't know how far that is. They, they, they play Seattle. And I think that right there is going to be their demise. But Seattle has but Seattle has to complain in Minnesota. Man, you, this is so tough. I, I really want Minnesota to win. Like I want Minnesota I want Teddy Bridgewater and Adrian Peterson to keep taking steps forward because I would like to see them in a Super Bowl with Adrian Peterson within the next year or two. Like I would like to see Adrian Peterson in a Super Bowl within the next two years. You know, so and he doesn't have much time left. That's I said like this year and then two years after this. I would like to see Adrian Peterson. So I would like to see the growth Of Teddy Bridgewater. And that offense. Washington has been on a roll. And Green Bay has just been falling and falling and falling. And I still don't know if I trust Washington more than I trust untrustworthy Green Bay. (laughs) You know, like I told you, Washington was gonna. I told you a couple weeks ago that Washington was gonna win that. Oh, I told you weeks ago Washington was gonna win that division because Washington was the most stable team out of all of them. They had the most consistency, surprisingly. Consistency, surprisingly. But I still wonder: Can Washington continue this? See, and this is the only way this works to me. If Minnesota gets past Seattle. And Washington gets past Green Bay, and you know what? To be honest with you, I guess, and this is why I say like I don't know how far this is going to go. I don't think anybody anybody's beating Arizona or Carolina. I think like they're one and twos or true one and twos, unlike the AFC where I think that both one and twos can be beaten. I don't think that's possible between Arizona and Carolina. I think those two teams are that good. And can rise up to the moment that well, now, <sighs> Carolina, I fear a little. I really do. I don't know if they'll. I don't. I don't know. Producer, when they play Arizona, I think they're gonna lose. When they, when they when they when they play a, I think when they play their next strong defensive matchup, they're going to lose. So, if Arizona, in this case, getting the higher-seeded team, if Washington wins and Minnesota wins, right, then they can play Minnesota, and I'm like, okay, Carolina should take that one. But if they play Seattle, or if they play Green, Bay, see, and I guess in this case it would only be Seattle because. Arizona Arizona's gonna get Seattle anyhow Seattle advances. So am I saying thinking that Green Bay, Washington, or Minnesota can beat Carolina? And that's a negative. I don't think Seattle could beat Arizona. So like does it even matter who I have grown out for Green Bay and Washington at this point? Like, I, th- I think Green Bay's going to keep falling. Like, oh God, I don't trust him that well. I think Green Bay's going to keep falling. Washington holds one at home, and Kirk Cousins going to ask, ask the whole entire world one more time. Do you like that? Just to get his butt kicked by Arizona. Oh, Carolina. Whoever it is. Okay, let's say it's officially. They're going to get their butt whipped by Arizona. Because Minnesota's going to find a way in that freezing cold. See, in that freezing cold, and that defense. See, but Adrian Peterson is an attacking running back. So he's going to hit them just as much as they're hitting him. And he's a little bit more used to their brand of cold than Seattle's used to their brand of cold. Than that brand of cold. So I'm going to take Minnesota to come away with that game. Oddly enough, even though Seattle's rolling. Seattle's on fire, man. Seattle's just so much on fire. So... Alrighty, here it goes. I love Minnesota. I don't I, I, I see ah, I don't wanna say it. I don't wanna say it. Don't make me say it. And I told you this is tough. Like I, I, I wholeheartedly believe Washington's gonna beat Green Bay. That's not where my problem lies. My problem lies in Seattle and Minnesota. Uh, I know, okay, here we go, here we go, in 3, in 2, in (laughs) 1, you know what, I I apologize, I, I can't make up my mind, so we're gonna go to a commercial break, and I'm gonna give you the right pick after these commercials. From Tootsies and Sunlight Stadium in Chapaza, of course, from Snappers. Most best games. Save more, play more. So, welcome back. I just, I just needed a moment just to take it, take it away for a second. I'm going to go with what I wrote down on the paper. So it's going to be Minnesota and it's going to be Washington Minnesota's going to lose to Arizona Washington will lose to Carolina we'll see Arizona and Carolina play and then we'll and then we'll see Arizona give Carolina their second loss of the season so as much as I wanted, listen, as much as I wanted to, I told you a couple weeks I wanted to see Carolina win I also wanted to see Carolina win undefeated now reality comes in because if they were undefeated I didn't see even how Arizona can beat them I don't, I still don't know if this is still going to be that team that continues rolling. I I, I guess it may dep- depend on how well I see them play against Excuse me, how well I see them play against Washington? But and Washington got weapons too. I told you like Washington's passing game is is starting to step up again. I, I believe Alfred Morris has has become one has become a top 5 on running back again. So It's it's going to be how well I I see them playing in Washington. And then, I just believe that Arizona isn't going to fall to them again this season. I believe they played in this season. can't remember. And and this matchup, as Carson Palmer's been, lights out too. And then we're going to have a Kansas City in Arizona Super Bowl. And... I'll leave it there for you. Who do you want to pick? I got Arizona winning. There's just way too many pieces, things in Arizona that I like that I would like to see win. I I want to see Andy Reid, Larry Fitzgerald, Carson Palmer. You know, I would like to see um Patrick Peterson. I, there's way too many pieces in Arizona. I, I would love to see win a ring. So the Honey Badger, even though he's out for the season talking about being out for the season, and maybe not out for the season, but just being out. I don't, I don't know if you guys like last week. Right as soon as the weekend started, I remember hearing that Kobe was out. Like Kobe's back now, but he was, but he had to sit out a couple of games because he had a he had a sore shoulder, I believe, or something like that. And am I the only one? Am I the only cynic that thought that his sore shoulder has got to be from those three dunks that he? Ended up doing over the last week. On top of the 8 billion shots that he's taken this season. Because, <laughs> you know, like, Kobe is the only, like, 800 trillion, you know, shot attempt person in the league ever. Like, man, this guy has shot and shots. I'm, I'm poking fun. I'm a fan of Kobe. I like him. But, hey, I'm, I'm going to take my shots when, he, when, he when I see him. And his shoulder hurting. As I talk, and my shoulder starts to ache oddly. See, that's karma, pure karma. But then, not only that, like, it's like, and and so we get Kobe out, and then I turn over to and I watch this Philly and Minnesota game. And as we as I as I go through a couple of these, it's also gonna be like about the games that I that I wanted you guys to watch this week. And that's the reason why I said that if you start paying attention now on Tuesdays. I'm going to come up with a new mini show. And that mini show is just going to be it's just going to be a quick highlight all over the net over the power rankings and the current rankings and the games that we're going to watch. So that when you get this again next Saturday, then we would have watched the majority of the games like we have this week. Cuz there's only two games that I need to watch this week. Well, I've watched almost everything out there. And when I tell you, like, the NBA is as exciting as it has ever been. They're talking about Philly versus Minnesota. I want to definitely catch this game. As you know, I watch Philly because they're they're the worst team in the league. So I watched the bottom three in the power rankings. You can't just always watch the best. You have to see if the bottom can grow, too. And I definitely wanted to see that young talent versus young talent. I wasn't disappointed. But what caught my eye more than anything else was ish. Smith, as he danced and pranced and romanced himself into my heart, that game, yeah, he did. That was Ish Smith. He did that. That that man, my ball. But more than anything, it made me think: Is Ish Smith, as far as a win loss um, percentage goes? Becoming more valuable to his team than Kobe is for the Lakers. Tell you, man, I, I'm, I'm comparing a lot of things. To this Kobe Kobe's last year. Kobe, Kobe isn't just allowed to bow out. Like I, I understand you guys like love Kobe as much as you guys love Kobe. You know, and you guys, and you guys, are the ones that are now probably like like up in an uproar or in an uproar about what I'm saying about Kobe, but Kobe's not allowed to just bow out and get an ex pass of his last season and is allowed to be horrible. No kobe needs to teach his players what good smart shots look like because if not what he's going to do is that he's going to breed a, uh, a next laker generation full of guys that all need 30 shots to get 30 points and there isn't that enough shots to go around so he needs to start teaching them how to look for good shots how to get their shots how to get open shots be a mentor. Teach him how to how to handle themselves on, on the court and off the court. I'm surprised he hasn't gotten in Nick Young's head more than he has. Maybe this last year, maybe he can. But Kobe needs to be a lot more than just the, 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 the main attraction for the Lakers this season while they do nothing. No, he needs to be a teacher. He needs to be a mentor. He needs to be a leader. Still, more, more so than ever because this is his last year and he has at this point in time more than any other time in his career a group of young guys that can carry on the Lakers name and legacy. But he needs to help teach them what that means. So yeah, at this current time, I think that win-loss percentage-wise, it's Smith at that point position for Philly is, way, is a way... Is a more valuable player than Kobe is for the Lakers currently right now. And and talking about value in young players, have y'all seen P.K.? Yeah, I call him P.K. Christoph Porzingis, or Porzingis Christoph. but like I'm calling him P.K. now. Y'all see him, you know, get, get a little bit brolic? Have y'all been seeing him lately? Stepping the faces of the people that need their face stepped in? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like Chris Bosch and Whiteside, you know, they thought they were all big and bad, you know. I you mean, know, mugging him down, you know. Every time, you know, they, they got a nice little dunk, you know, Knicks came away with the W itself, right? And when it really mattered, and you and you step up to him, like man to man, face to face, chest to chest, oh no, he came and he looked down at you, towered over. It was like, That's my bike, that's my bike, punk. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah <laughs> uh, Like I said, these games have been incredible. I said I was in New York versus Miami game. As as New as that i a I'm just happy to anyone. Let's just put it that way. Like they look they looked impressive and, and they've been looking impressive, you know, for for some time now. And even versus San Antonio they look decent. But they still have some work to do. And they've come out of this. Remember, I told you a couple weeks ago that they were going to start a stretch of games where they were playing about 11 teams or so like that with with an above 500 record. So those teams remained above 500, you know. And they came away with that with a a 50% record, you know, like they, they came out of there about 500. Which is which is what I said. I hope they would because if they came out of that those eleven games like three and eight, then our playoff hopes I think would have been shattered. Like we, they would have been degraded as a team, demoralized as a team. So I guess is where I'm more, more looking for, and that is something that that we as fans, nor the Knicks as players, could have afforded to happen, have happened. So the fact that they came out of that just about 500, you know, like probably like around 40 something percent or whatever, that. That's okay, because it means that they fought every game. They won a couple of games that they should. Lost probably a couple of games that they shouldn't. You know, won a couple of games that they probably shouldn't. Stayed, stayed close, and, and, they, and they stayed competitive. And, that, and that's probably the biggest thing. As the Knicks have already won more games this year than they have last year, we realize more than anything that they just stayed competitive. And that competitiveness, you know, equals wins. You know, like equals wins in some games where teams just aren't, ready to come and play at a high energetic level because the Knicks are generally always bringing the, the necessary energy to play. And it seems also that Derek Fisher has just about found what rotation he's going to use. And you know, I, I think, and, and, and I always tell people this, and like I had I had friends, I had Knicks fans of mine, you know, Nick fan friends of mine, <laughs> um, that couldn't get past the fact that Derrick Rose was utilizing as many different roster changes that he was using and he said who else and come on question who else does this kind of thing you know Golden State does that kind of thing for one but I'm not saying that we have Golden State kind of talent I'm just saying that they do but also what I told him is that listen people had time to step up and show that they deserved a role or not listen like aaron afala was out for a while when aaron afala was out every single person was given an opportunity to show if they should be that person that was deserving of minutes and playing time once he came back now since then you can't deny that yeah we probably lost some games because he could not figure out what kind of rosters to use at times as well but you see it coming together now as he's benched people that he felt like he didn't get consistent play or energy from. And while they were fan favorites, like he did certain little things to humble them. And now that he's given them a second opportunity, you see the level and consistency that they're now providing for the team. So you, so yeah, like it was excruciating to watch for some fans, and I'm over here sitting patiently. Like, Jason, you have to give you have to give some people time to do to do their job. Like, these things aren't done overnight. Like the patience the, the patience has to be there, and obviously, I get I get when I and I say that I get thrown back on me that hey I asked for patience with Geno Smith and Mark Sanchez, but those guys never had efficient tools like. I'm sorry, Mark Sanchez when he had a roster similar to the one that the Jets have right now, they went to two AFC Championship games back to back. Think about it. When he had two receivers, right? Well, I'm say or multiple receivers plus a good running game, and remember at the time we had Ladinian like Thompson, so Ladinian Thompson himself added as a added added as an extra receiver. You know what I mean for the running game. Plus, he was plus he can block. Plus, he was a veteran to help to help out the young quarterback. We had wide receivers like Brandon Marshall and and and, and Santonio Holmes that every time they went downfield, they were you know they were either catching it for thirty yards or they were drawing um or they were drawing a passing interference penalty to have the chains moved. And then we had a star defense. Daryl Reavers picking off people left and right, stopping you know shutting down players. And you know what? I I let I me. Mean, Back up for half a second as I go on this tirade and talk about Darrell Revis. And I know I didn't talk about it when I when I talked about the quarterbacks I love, cornerbacks I love, and also the Jets. Darrell Revis completely played out of character last week, and I and that is and I'm gonna tell you right now that's part of the reason why the Jets lost. In fact, the biggest reason why the Jets lost. As, as I get to the game a little bit late, and I see that the game's kind of close, and I'm looking at the game and I'm realizing that. There's no Revis Island going on out there. Like, there's a Revis Peninsula. And not only is there a Revis, a Revis Peninsula, but somehow Darrell Revis has given Sammy Watkins his own personal fairy to the goddamn island. And and it was very apparent very quickly because me and my boy is talking about it because he's the Bills fan. And I'm like, I was like, I don't know what's going on. It's like, I'm like... Like Sammy Watkins, is, is like Darrell well, Revis, you know normally is you know jams his receivers. He's like, and my homeboy says automatically to me like, yeah, he hasn't he has been jamming. He's been letting him get everything underneath, and that's probably because the Jets never helped. You never know, gave him safety love. Like he literally, they literally left him on an island. They didn't provide one safety. They didn't you know? they didn't do any anything else but say, hey, cover Sammy Watkins, cover Sammy Watkins, and they let him dink him, dunk him to death, which can kill the Jets, and has been proven can kill the Jets. Because Tom Brady kills the Jets that way. He has dinked and dunked us to death every single time. Even when we've had good defenses. So, my, I don't know what happened in that game. But yeah, let's- let's- So let's move back to what we were talking about. Which, to be honest with you, I don't know what we were talking about anymore listen it's not my fault it's you guys' fault so we're just gonna move right into the next set of games and I saw Kyrie I I saw Kyrie Irving come back like listen if that Cleveland Toronto game was the sign that Kyrie Irving is back on his A game and Cleveland's going to be dangerous. Now, see, the thing about it is that can Kyrie every stay stay healthy? Because I'm going to tell you something. There is something to being injury prone that, that I'm starting to realize kind of sucks. That regardless of what you do to come back and how many times you strengthen your body, something is going to eventually break down on it that is vital to you being physically successful the way you want to be. And I wonder if Kyrie Irving falls into that group because he's playing well now, and with the things that he does and the way that he contorts his body, you know, there's no wonder that there are things because, like even when you watch him, like he looks more of even like a more power dribbling Than a finesse dribbler, like Steph is. So, so his contortions look like they have torque, while. Steph Curry's contortions look like they're, they're fluid with finesse. You know, kind of like, like I, I, get, I get worried about LeBron at times, and I wonder how long his body's going to hold up because he, he has a lot of torque motions as well. And that torque, listen, while that torque is, is, is spectacular, and to be able to go to where you're, you're, you're putting in that torque in certain areas, then listen, all torque does to the body is beat it down. But Kyrie Irving showed me something. But talking about beating them down, um, random question: Since Floyd Mayweather has re- Floyd Mayweather has retired, has anything interesting happened in boxing? I'm just saying, you leave it out there. And if you say yes, was it something Floyd related? Throw that question down. I have to wonder. I mean, oh, Tyson breaks his back. <laughs> I mean, really, is there anything, like boxing, I mean, is there anything interested, you know, outside of Money Mayweather, you know, related, outside of Tyson breaking his back? Because I would like to know. Like, like, the way he, this man was not for so long, like... Listen, at least, he, at least he kept us talking about the sport. I don't see any reason to talk about boxing lately. Oh, because Pacquiao and... Bradley? Like, I don't know if I'm really that impressed. So... As we move on, right, and I want to tell you about all the games that we wanted to catch this week, or that I wanted to catch this week. We had the Golden State and Portland game. We wanted to catch as as the power rankings got, took a didn't take a major shift, but but there was a huge jump in and out of the power rankings. It's Golden State, um, San Antonio took over the number one spot from Golden State. Golden State slid down to number two. Oklahoma City has maintained a number three. And they and they have been a really interesting team to watch. As I caught their game versus Memphis because you know how they play Memphis. Memphis is just them and Memphis have a little bit of history together. There's a little rivalry going on there, but for the first quarter, it was, it was pretty much even game. But you saw very quickly, um, Oklahoma City was coming out doing what they do, flying flying by defenders. You know, go, um, attacking the rim and, and getting their finesse on. And you even see Memphis do what they wanted to do. You know, they were slowing the ball down, getting getting the ball in the post, rotating the ball, getting mid-range shots, and kind of grinded it out. Second quarter, lead started to grow. Third quarter, fourth quarter, next next you know, it's it's over. You know, it's kind of the same thing with Golden State and Portland. Like, that point guard matchup, I, I, I kind of watched it for the point guard matchup initially. And I barely got a chance to, to focus on Damian Lillard or even notice Damian Lillard because... What the splash, what that Golden State does, like like I can't even just say the splash, but what Golden State does as a whole is, is, is freaking phenomenal. Like, Gerald Green, you know, gets another triple double. Um, Stephen Curry, you know, barely plays in the fourth quarter. Um, I see, I'm seeing Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson just catch the ball and just shoot and just easily in your eye. Like, like, like those, those, <laughs> ridiculous. Completely, completely, completely ridiculous. So, we caught Golden State and Portland. And Golden State decided. Golden State matched them out. Caught San Antonio Spurs and, and the Knicks we wanted to see how San Antonio fared up against the you know Tim Duncan fared up against the young rookie. Um. Watch Cleveland and Toronto. Like I said, that's when I saw Kyrie Irving, you know, come back and, and and play like you know, like I said, that was Uncle Drew on the court. That wasn't Kyrie Irving. Like he had some Uncle Drew in it. Chicago, Chicago, Atlanta. That's gonna come up a little bit later. So we going to have to watch that later today. Miami and New York. I saw. I saw. I saw New York impress me, and and I'm sorry. I'm not, I am actually not even gonna watch Chicago and Atlanta. I am watching. Clippers and you want it. and that's probably the, and that's probably the big change I wanted to talk about in the, in the top five for the power rankings. And this segment is actually brought to you by MultiVest Games. Remember, MultiVest, play more, save more. You can catch them at Seventh Avenue 100, at a hundred and eighty-third and seventh. It's down the street from Tootsie's, five minutes away from Dolphin Stadium. It's a video game store. This place is amazing. I you, you save on a trade-ins more than you can save anywhere else. Like if, if you've ever once complained about about being ripped off by golden by how <laughs> do say Golden Crust by GameStop, then you need to head down to multiverse Games because listen you you know it's a family business when you see their prices. So San Antonio um, maintains it number one or uh, takes over number one, it's gonna stay false number two. Um, Oklahoma City Oklahoma City is in the third spot And Cleveland Stays at the fourth So I even find that interesting As OKC and Cleveland Continue to battle for that three and four And they're going to toss that back and forth You know Practically all season long But but the most important part Was The Clippers jumping in from number 16 To move up to number five And so as i'm watching them now i'm gonna see if i can catch and watch and see how they look against mr eyebrow unibrow and the uh, pelicans in new orleans that's also going to be later today miami like i said we watched them take on the knicks new york same thing there i wanted to see how the young Porzingis was going to do against san antonio i want to see how new york was going to do against san antonio period like hey, that san antonio is one of the best teams in the league so the fact that they played them to a one point game that that is gonna stand with me i hope they i hope they t- continue to take this with them and find a way to to rack off seven eight wins at one time this season they need to they can't follow it with with racking off seven eight losses or six losses one win one win and then two more losses no because then you would just put yourself right back in a 500 position I want to see them rack off, you know, rack off like seven, eight losses, and then take a loss, possibly, and then get like another three, take a loss, get like another two, take a loss, get another th- you know, and start finding a, a winning pace. Bottom three teams take a shift, too, as Lakers are now the 28th team, 76ers are the 29th team, and the Phoenix Suns. And come in end up being the worst team in the league. And it's no wonder why the Morris twins want you no know, wonder the Morris twins want to get himself wants to get himself out of there. Because that place is, isn't it is, isn't what it used to be and and I'm, I'm trying to curious of what this connection is. I gotta pay attention to the team and see. And and I and I get a chance this when you know this week I get to play when I get to watch them play Miami and see what the team makeup is, um, see what their chemistry looks like and and kinda of really see how they play because Phoenix I thought Phoenix was right there a year a year or so ago. Now it seems like they're getting further from there as there can be. So we're gonna take a peek in at we go <coughs> excuse me. We're gonna take a peek in at them and see what exactly is holding them back. It's keeping them from winning. It's stopping their growth. 76ers we're gonna watch play Cleveland and Lakers and Sacramento. Maybe even Utah. I'm thinking. And I know, I know I could watch them play OKC. I'm not too interested in that game. I wanna see them play Young Talent. It's like it's like there's a Detroit game coming on later. Right and I kind of wanted to watch that game, but that's when I thought that Brooklyn was still in the bottom three for the power ranking. No, Brooklyn moved themselves up and they're no longer there. And you know what? Things about that time that we take another a break for you guys. Stick around. Um, next segment we're gonna talk about some interesting events that I went to. Ah, uh, some some wonderful kids that I met that hopefully that could become some all-stars in the future. Um, we're gonna keep it. We're gonna keep it. <laughs> Yeah, child-related in a way. We gonna talk some. We also gonna talk some college football, and you know, think about this. While I'm on break, who? What was the first player that you mimicked their baseball stance and swing? That and more on the Mighty Sportsman in a minute. and equipped than any team in history. They are doctors, lawyers, engineers, technologists, and combat troops. All prepared for whatever comes their way. You'll find them where the lights don't flash. And the only contract they sign is with themselves and their country. One day, they may be asked what they did to make a difference in this world. And they can respond. I. Became a soldier. And we are back. Welcome. This is Talent T Taylor with the Mighty Sports Minute. Thank you guys for continuing to listen. Uh, next, we are going to talk about these college football playoffs. As obviously, I was completely wrong about who I thought was going to make it. In a way, where I thought that Oklahoma was going to have enough to beat Clemson. And they didn't. And, and I told you I don't know much about 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 college football. I picked Oklahoma because I because I have a homegirl, like one of my best friends. She's a fan of them, and Oklahoma has you know a pretty good cry, Boomer Summers. You know, and it isn't, but it isn't better than Roll. crash in the middle there. It's not better than that. So, it's, it's only th- so. Th- this is the thing. Like this is like the coach that you that you always hear about, the Nick Saban Alabama program, you know. Versus the coach that you always hear about now with the new program, dancing it up, you know, doing doing the ply shuffle or whatever his little shuffle. Doing the little prize the little money dance, you understand? You know, you know, dabbing it up all over the place. Like 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 everywhere, like you're seeing him, and you can't get nothing. Like like he's lovable. He is like he's a ca- like his character, like his personality is lovable. And yet, I'm gonna take Alabama over Clemson just because Alabama is Alabama, and they woo. No, I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> I can hear somebody silly guy. No, not again. He was about to... Woo! I'm not, I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to... I, I promise you. So, I am actually going to take Alabama over Clemson for the college football playoffs, And we're going to see if... It's true or not if Alabama could finish up the work of Jameis Winston from last year. I'm sorry, shit. Shoot. That was a Jameis Winston last year. That's not what I'm talking about. That's Florida State. Crap. I forgot whose work. He was Huh. Alrighty. I have no other reason than to pick Alabama than the fact that I like I like the roll Todd. <laughs> like who doesn't like to roll? I'm like, if we roll! You know what? Uh, um, speaking of roles, you know what? Something odd. Like, I, am I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a, I have a listener to Mike and Mike, and all the time I hear. Oh, well, recently I've been hearing Mike and Mike talk about. They have a segment called, the Famer, the Former, and the Fan. And. They. Have joked about switching the name of that show to the Famer the Famer the Famer because you know these guys have been inducted into you know as into the in the hall of fame of like one of the writers guild or something like that. Right? Nothing to take away from their accomplishment. It's not what I'm going here. Right? It's the fact that I was curious, right? Before they thought of the name for this show. Right? Hadn't Golik, if I'm not mistaken, already been inducted into the Hall of Fame for something? Whether it be college or wrestling or something on some level, I could have swore Golik was already inducted into some kind of Hall of Fame. And if that's the case, it shouldn't already have been the fame of the fame and the fan. Like, like, are we, are, we, are they just now changing this because finally, like, Greeny is like, oh, all sudden, like, it should really just be still the fame of the form of the fan, because in this spot, in this particular thing, we are talking about from a sports-related sense, stand, stand, um, stand, um, standpoint, and, I'm sorry, Golik, not Golik, but Greeny, you are not a Hall of Famer in the sports world, physically, physically, that is, you know what I mean, like, as far as sports entertainment world, like, You are Hall of Famer in my eyes all day long, sir. Like, you gets my utmost respect. Like, hands down, you, believe it or not, may be this generation's standard. Like, if anybody wants to be successful, they have to learn how to be better than you. And that's very hard to do. Like, from what I hear, and from a person that that has, you know... Kind of new to doing, his you know, drops and reads and making sure you know you hit the post and everything else like that. From what I hear, the the bulk of stuff that that you have to deal with on a daily basis, on top of the interviews and yeah, I, I salute. Yeah, you, I heard you do a fantastic. I would love to sit down with you one day, but let's not get too off uh, sidetracked. They want to switch this, the name of this show to the fame of the fame and the famer. And I just have a problem with this. Like, I I think they're just doing it to, to feed Greeny's little ego and you know it should have been the fame and the famer to begin with. Like you, he should have just be the fan. So obviously we realise that when you're talking in this section, this section is, is is coming from a football also standpoint. Where CC is a Hall of Famer, where Golik is the former, and you are definitely just a fan. Now Speaking of... Hall of Famers. Can we... Give it up. Give it up. Give it up. Give it up. (laughs) To Ken... Griffey... Jr. Woo! He makes it... Into the Hall of Fame. First ballot pick. 99.7 percentile. And... I don't even care about those three people. That's not what we're here to talk about. I'm really just happy that he made it into the Hall of Fame. And listen, Mets fans, I, I like I am not I don't, I'm not gonna make it a shiny cynic. I'm I'm um I'm leaving you out. Mike Piazza, yes, he gets it too. But I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about baseball probably being the first sport i fell in love with like the first sport i played was soccer you know from the jamaican from the islands like you kick a ball back and forth you play soccer the first sport i fell in love with The you know the first sport i collected baseball i collected their cards i followed the stats i followed it i followed the rankings i followed the position you know i followed everything you know you're talking about the days of of erickson and 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 McGuire, and Ken Griffey Jr., and Ken Griffey, (laughs) you know, oddly enough, um, man, you know, like, just, with the Mike Piazzas out there, the Clemens, the the Strawberries, you know, and the the, the countless amounts of hitters, the Sosa's, the Jeter's, and I think about every single time, when i walked up to a plate as a kid even even when i played as an adult and and i always thought about wait what who did i have an example stuck in my head as a batting swing to emulate and it's always ken griffey junior it, it it it's been him for 30 years And it's it's weird, like, I close my eyes and I can see it to this day, you know, with the left arm kind of draped all the way across the body, like it's pushing the right hand back. Like it's pushing it all the way back. But at the same time, you saw the tension in the right arm, like both hands were fighting each other in that direction. As that bat took a little twirl at the top. And then you see him come. Swing. Connect. And follow through. And just grace. And power. And professionalism. King Griffey Jr. I would honestly have to say. Is... One of, uh, one of my all-time favorite baseball players, if not just by name and memory alone. I can't tell you the, if I remember the outcome of most of his games. I can just tell you I remember his, I remember him hitting, I remember his outfield plays, infield plays, him jumping in the air, and tossing, you know, and making spectacular catches and throws. So him getting to the Hall of Fame. I'm not gonna knock. I'm not gonna take from. Can't take from. It's just it's pure money. Talking about money. (laughs) You guys hear, and I'm not even gonna talk about this long. I'm just gonna bring this up. You hear that Johnny Manziel got dropped by by LeBron James? Like LeBron James, like, yeah, I can't deal with this. Like you are a hot mess. Go back to your daddy money. You just came with me because you because you wanted to be known. Like like he just like, <laughs> man, Johnny was a mess. You know what though? Like I said, like I, I went to a couple of events. I went to and I did an event last weekend. And it was the power. It was the power showcase down at Marlins Park, and it's an event that highlights. 12, 13, 14, 15, you know, year olds, 16 year olds, 17 year olds. And I have to tell you, this power showcase event was phenomenal. Like these kids were amazing. And I, it felt so weird. Like I said, and it's funny as I told you like I'm reminiscing about I was reminiscent about Ken Griffey Jr. And I'm thinking to myself, even with this power showcase, when is the last time that I stayed awake of a television, much on television, alive in person, through two whole entire baseball games. I, 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 I can't remember the last time that's happened, but I've also never done play by play commentary for it either. So. I'm thinking like the next time I see a baseball game on television, I may do that and see if I can manage to watch it. Because now I'll be forcing myself to watch a baseball game. Because it, it, it was it was crazy. It was absolutely bananas. Like, like The idea of these kids has just caught my eye. And I guess the number one kid that caught my eye initially, right up the gate, this kid named Blaze Jordan. Blaze Jordan, it was my young gun of the night. This kid was only 13 years, 13 years old, 5'10", 195 pounds. Hit 34 home runs that evening. You understand that? He hit balls completely out of the baseball field. You understand? Like, like there were people... It were seniors there, 17 year olds, 16 year olds, power hitter guys that didn't even break double digits. They were getting the same kind of pitch from the pitching machine at speed limits between 50 and 53 miles an hour. And this kid just crushed one after another, after another, after another, until I decided to call him Jay Blaze. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, just Blaze? Like his friends don't understand that reference like they, like they didn't get it but they just thought it was a sick night like a sick little nickname <laughs> but man so like so they, so they, all these kids are out here and they all and they're all doing a home run event and then after that there is an all-star game that's that's done between the two the, um the two upper teams um or the upperclassmen you know worth of players into split into two teams. And in and even then, like you see, these kids are like they're sponsoring people. So this kid Jay Blaze, he took on a he took on a kid Joshua Mathis. who was this fourteen year old kid that had, and I hope I, I hope I pronounce this right. He had Gillians. He had he had a Gillian Barr syndrome. That basically it's a syndrome that attacks the immune and nervous system. So while he while Jay Blaze is out there playing games, being in the home run event, he's also raising money. To help this kid, you know, this kid go through, you know, or get through, or pay for medication, pay for pay for treatment, so that he can keep living, get through this this immune deficiency that he has. Oh man, another one that caught my eye was 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 actually was was a when I say foreigner, right? It was a foreign pitcher. Um, it was Hirokazu Doi, and Hirokazu Doi had. A, <laughs> <laughs> had to be one of the smallest guys out there, five foot seven, one hundred and seventy-one pounds. Yes, at five foot seven, one hundred and seventy-one pounds. This is definitely one of the smaller guys in his classes. You know, like when you get to some of the younger classes, you get a couple of like five foot four guys, you know, here and there. But one of the smallest guys in his period out there. But when I tell you, as a pitcher, this kid had the stuff in that game, right? In that all-star game that we watched between the upperclassmen. This was this was basically a one point game in the Nationals favor over the Americans. And Doi Doy came down there and saw nine pitch because basically he pitched for three innings. Saw nine pitches, put nine pitches away, struck out the first six, right? And then grounded out the next three. But those three particular innings were so crucial, because the first two set of pitchers that that went up, they're the ones that caused the four to five final point game. The next two set, which was Doy and and the gentleman that I forgot who he was pitching against, oh man, they put on a show for two innings. That third inning, the guy for the American League just couldn't hold up. Doy for the Nationals held up. And and Doy helped put them away and put them down and put one away after another, after another, after another, after another, after another. Next, like, so you know, his team his team takes a decisive lead. And that decisive lead is held on to the point where the Renaissance man, Justin Farmer, comes in as the closer and pitches the closing inning. Like right? and and this kid Justin Farmer, he's another guy. That caught my eye because he won the home run, and yes, Jay and Just Blaze won the home run contest for his age group, 13 years, right? And Jordan Farm, Justin Farmer, was part of the upperclassmen, and so he won. He won the home run contest for the upperclassmen, and I don't know who got the MVP for that All Star game. And I and I, I really thought he should have went to Doy, but Justin Former was just the intricate enough role. He brought in a couple of runs that game. He stole a couple of bases. He played. He played outfield. He played shortstop. He played. <laughs> you know what I mean? He and then like I said, he pitched the closing inning. And this kid, 2015 underclassman second team. 2014 he was the freshman. He was the freshman. Freshman Hill. He was the freshman Hillsboro. Offensive player of the year He has a pitch that gets up to 90 miles an hour And Was just a phenomenal athlete But Talking about like Athletes, athletes There was this kid Paul Benettes That played Safety Mr. Safety Shortstop huh? <laughs> Sorry now he played shortstop. 6 foot, 185 pounds. 17 years old. Also pitches. 89 miles an hour. He has committed to the University of Arkansas. And... This... This game, right? I, these games were already kind of like steel friendly. But... The way that he stole these bases, man, that was probably what caught my eye more than more than anything. Right, is that every time like like I looked up and he and he got on base and he stole straight from first to third to give to give his batter <laughs> you understand to give to give his batter you know a runner a, a runner in scoring position easily. All he had to do was, was just put one is, is is just drop one into the middle anywhere. And every time he got on base, this is what we saw from him. He even got hit by a pitch. And next thing you know, he came and stole two bases. I was like, oh, no, he's pissed off. He's gonna probably going to still a couple of bases. And no doubt he takes off. Paul Benitez. Shortstop. Committed to University of Arizona, Arkansas. I'm going to tell you something. I will be watching University of Arkansas games. And I will be looking to see what he does. He also sponsored a kid, Israel Roke. And Israel Rogue suffers from retinoblastoma. Where it's kind of like a cancer like that tumor that kind of that goes in that gets into your eye. And this kid's already lost his left eye because of it. And what they're trying to do is 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 hopefully do enough work to like the one I'm assuming is to save the right eye. So far, Benetez, if I, if what I saw was correct, has raised up to twelve thousand dollars for this kid already. So, Benetez, great, great work, great, great found, you know, great kid that you decided to help and and, and just just way to go, man. Like out of everybody there, Benetez, even even personality wise, Benetez, Benetez caught my caught my eye like like he was approachable, like just really good guy. Overall, really good guy. And and you know, like I said, it's, it's really funny. Like I told you earlier, that I, I can't remember the last time I, I watched two whole baseball game, and I don't even want to say that it was the fact that I was doing a play by play. I was I was literally excited to watch these kids play, and 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 it's it's really weird that. The baseball, the game that I fell in love with as a kid, is probably the game I watch the least of now, and and I and I don't know where my invested interest out of it came, you know, or or really started diminishing, and and it makes me wonder, cause, cause obviously like, when I watch these kids play, I, I'm excited. It's like soccer when I watch when I watch soccer, you know, kids play soccer, I'm I'm interested, you know, like like baseball, like basketball is my number one sport. I don't I don't watch enough college games, but you know. What? I'm going to take that back College basketball may be the only game That I'm willing to watch High school games on television I'm willing to watch college games Even if they're bad And I'm watching the college draft And maybe it's because I do have that interest I've watched that interest in the kids At that point in in time what, What makes me so interested In basketball as a whole Even, you know, outside of just regular love Cause like football, like, see, I mean, fo- see, but football, I don't, I don't, like college football, like college football. I told you, like, I'm, I'm making picks, and I have no clue about who's on any of these teams. Like, I, I'm gonna be lucky if I, if I catch this game on Monday, but you know what though, I am a fan of the college draft or the NFL draft, I should say. And when the NFL draft comes along, I am glued to the to the combine and everything that gives me information about these kids. You, you know what? Major League Baseball may not be doing a good enough time with their draft. And maybe that's what it is. Because I don't know how popular college baseball is. Right? But I also know that their draft isn't even te- Like, it's not televised. It goes basically unseen. It's done partially through the middle of the season. Like basketball and football, at least like for their draft, like like there's a whole there's a there's a whole televised show. They they, they get you involved in the in the young people that's coming up. There's a showcase for them, you know. Like there they, there's a combine. There's there's a platform for you to, for you to see and get exposed to the young to the set of young players that are coming into the league. And that's something that always gets me excited about the league is to see what the new talent in the league is gonna do in the league. I don't get that from baseball. All I see is baseball is a bunch of guys that have ten year contracts that are all fat and sassy at twenty nine years old. You know, what I mean, getting contracts until they're thirty nine, and you know, baseball with his great unit with his, with his fat ass umpires. Straight one. <laughs> Thank you. yeah. I I, I don't uh, so maybe maybe I need to stop. I don't I don't know how I'm gonna get myself interested in, in baseball more. But I am gonna take this opportunity because I did get invited to do play by play for a couple of games, so I'm gonna to volunteer to do some in Jupiter, Florida, and also some down in Miami, Florida, and I'm gonna see what I can. I'm gonna see what can I what I can get. I'm also gonna apply for a couple of local places around here and see what happens. But baseball gonna to have to fix something because if I can get this excited to watch a bunch of kids I don't know anything about, you know, play a play a game of baseball that I can't. Like I can barely stand and watch myself you know stand my, myself play through or to watch on television anymore then something's got to give they have to find a way to highlight the young talent that's a little bit more than they are like college I don't think college baseball may be highlighted enough I don't think, I don't think their draft is highlighted enough I don't I don't think anything about baseball you know about their prospects and youngness. Is, is that I think everybody just knows that there's a bunch of old players, but I think isn't the, I think the average baseball league like is, is coming down. But we'll see, we're gonna see, man. Thank you guys again for listening. Um, next week's show, we actually gonna talk, uh, maybe the uh, next, yeah, actually, next week's show, we're actually gonna talk some fantasy football. We're gonna give you a breakdown. This is actually this portion is actually gonna be a little bit more derived to the fantasy football women's league that I'm going to be started so I can get some information out to them. And, yes, as you heard, this is actually the first official announcement, I believe, that I am going to be having a women's fantasy football league next year. All women. So, if you want to join, let me know. Follow me. Get me on my Facebook page, Right, my T-Sports, M-Y-T-Sports, and we will get you guys involved. Thank you for listening. I really do appreciate it. You guys, I, I, I love it. But listen, it's a, it's a beautiful day here in South Florida. And I'm out there and go enjoy this 80 degree day.